the invoking of this psalm notes the passage of time and the fragile nature of the present. By alluding to the verse through the word fourscore, Lincoln invoked both the transient and also the eternal and the way that the transience of life calls us to that which is eternal. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 218, three score, four score, and the meditation of Moses. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. As a young man, Abraham Lincoln gave his famed Lyceum Address, wherein he pondered how the next generation of Americans would ensure the perpetuation of the ideals of the revolution. Lincoln reflected as follows, quote, I do not mean to say that the scenes of the revolution are now or ever will be entirely forgotten, but that like everything else, they must fade upon the memory of the world and grow more and more dim by the lapse of time. In history, we hope, they will be read of and recounted so long as the Bible shall be read. But even granting that they will, their influence cannot be what it heretofore has been. Even then, they cannot be so universally known, nor so vividly felt, as they were by the generation just gone to rest. At the close of that struggle, nearly every adult male had been a participator in some of its scenes. The consequence was that of those scenes, in the form of a husband, a father, a son, or brother, a living history was to be found in every family. A history bearing the indubitable testimonies of its own authenticity in the limbs mangled, in the scars of wounds received, in the midst of the very scenes related, a history, too, that could be read and understood alike by all, the wise and the ignorant, the learned and the unlearned. But those histories are gone. They can be read no more forever. They were a fortress of strength. But what invading foemen could never do, the silent artillery of time has done, the leveling of its walls. They are gone. They were a forest of giant oaks, but the all-resistless hurricane has swept over them and left only here and there a lonely trunk, despoiled of its verdure, shorn of its foliage, unshading and unshaded, to murmur in a few gentle breezes and to combat with its mutilated limbs a few more ruder storms than to sink and be no more. End quote. Keeping the memory of the ideals of the revolution alive as the founding generation passed away. This is the conundrum that Lincoln faces. And rightly understood, it is one that continued to gnaw at Lincoln as he later delivered an even more famous address. And in so doing, he would apparently draw on one famous verse in one famous psalm. Psalm 90 begins with the words, Tefillah Moshe, a prayer of Moses, Ishu Elohim, the man of God. And this description of Moses is noteworthy. As Amos Chacham points out, only once does the Torah itself describe Moses in this manner, and that is as Moses prepares to die. And this was the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. As such, Chacham further notes, it is logical to see this psalm as taking place at the same time. The psalm is giving us Moses' meditations at the end of his life. And if this is the case, then there is one verse in the psalm that becomes particularly interesting. Moses' prayer begins as follows. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. 
They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up, in the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. One theme struck thus far is the mortality of mankind, the transience of human life when compared to the Almighty. Thus the next verse ponders a standard length of days. In Hebrew, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reasons of strength, 80 years. Coming from Moses, the verse takes on a whole new significance. For Moses was already 80 when God at the burning bush gave him his charge. Moses' role in Jewish history only got started then, continuing until he was 120. And thus Moses, pondering the possibility that he could have died at 80, goes to his death, seeing his entire achievement in life as God's gift. But the King James Version of this verse does not utilize the words 70 and 80. Rather, it uses a system of counting and translation with the word score to mean 20, so that it renders the verse as follows. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. This, for 19th century Americans, would be the verse most famously associated with the word fourscore. And this means that when Abraham Lincoln at Gettysburg chose to begin his address with the phrase fourscore and seven years ago, he knew that the minds of those assembled would go to the Bible and indeed to this verse. Thus, Leon Cass, in an outstanding lecture on Lincoln at Gettysburg, reflected as follows, quote, fourscore and seven years ago. Why does Lincoln begin with this expression? Scholars know that the language is biblical and that it echoes the 90th Psalm. The days of our years are threescore and ten, or even by reason of strength, fourscore years. But if you notice, Cass continued, that by this biblical reference, Lincoln is making a crucial substantive point. The deed he is about to recount, he intimates, happened not in living memory. Four score and seven years ago, none alive today in 1863 had yet been born. Lincoln's beginning reflects and highlights his long-standing concern about perpetuation in a fully post-revolutionary age, end quote. Thus for Cass, Lincoln emphasized in his opening the fact that the founding generation no longer lived, and he therefore sought to inspire his audience to ponder how it could seek to perpetuate the ideals of the nation that their fathers had brought into being, conceived in liberty, dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Meanwhile, Diana Schaub, in her incredible new book about Lincoln's speeches, notes that the reference to this verse in the psalm reminds us not only about the past, but also about the fragility of the present. Here is how she put it, quote, The phrase fourscore and seven does, of course, evoke the beautiful language and cadence of the King James Bible. Lincoln's audience would have been familiar with the 90th Psalm, which numbered the human lifespan at threescore and ten, or at most fourscore. Many of them would also have known that the reason given for why the life of man is so soon cut off is that we spend our days in labor and sorrow, consumed by God's wrath. By thus alluding to Scripture's harsh verdict on the lifespan of sinners, Lincoln forces us to wonder whether there are similar limits on the lifespan of mankind's political collectives. The nation, at fourscore and seven, is now just beyond the furthest term of an individual life. Moreover, as the audience well knows, and Lincoln soon acknowledges, the nation is engaged in a terrible civil war 
a war that might cause the nation to perish. Before he even gets to any mention of the war, in this one-sentence opening paragraph, which seems to be a purely admiring description of the achievement of the Founding Fathers, Lincoln is able to strike a darker note, a note of inevitable and perhaps incipient death, through this phrase, four score and seven. In the ears of Americans, 1776 always has a hopeful and joyous ring to it. That year, though bygone, looks forward. It smiles on the future. By contrast, four score and seven years ago has a somber resonance, hinting at the passing away of the days of our years. In the closing of his 1859 address at the Wisconsin State Fair, Diana Schaub continues, Lincoln had indicated that this was the wisdom of the East as well. It is said an Eastern monarch once charged his wise men to invent him a sentiment to be ever in view and which should be true and appropriate in all times and situations. They presented him the words, and this too shall pass away. So yes, fourscore and seven is poetic, but not in the sense of a flowery fancying up of ordinary speech. Rather, like all genuine poetry, it imbues language with more complex and multi-layered meanings, meanings that work upon and move the audience whether they are aware of it or not, end quote. What this means then is that the invoking of this psalm notes the passage of time and the fragile nature of the present. By alluding to the verse through the word fourscore, Lincoln invoked both the transient and also the eternal and the way that the transience of life calls us to that which is eternal. This, in fact, is the theme of Moses' further meditation. He says in this psalm, Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Teach us to number our days. In Hebrew, limnot yameinu kein hodav v'navi levav chokhmah. In a different lecture, titled L'chaim and its Limits, Leon Kass pondered the meaning of the traditional Jewish toast to life, and he noted that the very meaningfulness of life and the responsibilities bound up to it are connected to its transience. Citing the verse in our psalm, he puts it this way, quote, Teach us to number our days, says the psalmist, that we may get a heart of wisdom. To number our days is the condition for making them count. End quote. This is wonderfully put. Lincoln, then, is asking his audience to ponder mortality and to commit to keeping the vision of the revolution alive, to advancing the ideals of the founding as the nation itself hangs in the balance. What mindset is necessary for such a goal? Young Lincoln's original answer in the Lyceum Address seems to be that reason alone could preserve the perpetuation of all for which the revolutionary generation had fought. Lincoln said, They were the pillars of the Temple of Liberty, and now that they have crumbled away, that temple must fall unless we, their descendants, supply their places with other pillars, hewn from the solid quarry of sober reason. Passion has helped us, but can do so no more. It will in future be our enemy. That's what Lincoln said then. But in the Gettysburg Address, in the midst of a civil war, we meet, I think, a different Lincoln, one who is thinking more biblically, more emotionally, and more covenantally. For this Lincoln, we are driven by memory to forge the future of a nation, memory of the revolution, but also memory of the soldiers who died at Gettysburg, soldiers whose deaths must not be in vain. We are called to do this bearing our own transience in mind, feeling linked to the past, and while numbering our days, utilizing a heart of wisdom in order to perpetuate the future. And as in all worthy causes, we need the help of God. Or to paraphrase Lincoln, we must always remember that we are under God.
Thus, it is fitting to conclude this episode with the final verse of the psalm, one said by Jews as a prayer for divine blessing over all worthy work in which we are about to engage. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.